everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your hosts, Barry3D. You know where to find me at Barry3D.com. Check it out. You'll see everything listed there below. Uh, Mowing on the side of where I'm going to be and what's happening with this show. On my side, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend. If you're not dancing, you're not on the right station. DJ Rod C. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. We got something for you. But I'll tell you shortly. How you doing, Barry? What's going on? I'm good. It's a new year. We're in January. Everything is popping off, and we're starting off strong. So uh, here's the second show of the new year, and I'm loving it. Hope everyone had good holidays. Everyone had a good New Year's, and just keep, keep on trucking. That's all we got to say. On that note, we got to do, you know, winners make it the man. It'll never change. Mm. We're going to do our quick round table. So remember, if you want to start a comic book collection, you need anything along those lines, please go and check out either Wild Comics in Kitchener Wood West, uh, uh, you know, The Hero's Tale out in Cambridge with Andrew, or Sex Wings in Montreal with Trevor. Tell all of them that you heard about them on the Iconist podcast. They'll hook you up and take care of you. That is 100% for sure. And also, a big shout out to my crew that I'm a part of. A touch of gray matter mm-hmm. with myself, Zelf Ali, and Dave Sikolowski. Keep your ears peeled. We got some stuff coming up. And don't forget, we're also part of the Subculture Podcast Network. January, come on. We're getting closer to what we're going to be doing with some stuff with that. So looking forward to mm-hmm. that and uh, keep your ears peeled. On that note, Rod, where can they find you? You can find me on the World Wide Web, as I always say, on the world of Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Rod C. You can find me on Tik. On sorry, we'll go with the Twitch, as I always do. Twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. You can find me on the world of TikTok at DJ Rod C1. That's DJ Rod C1. Listen, I greet you. Let's, let's have some fun. Make sure you reach out, follow you back, and let's go. Before we go, even though it's a new year, we can't forget him. We got to remember uh, the whole nine yards. If you want to do a podcast, you should use Podbean, Podbean like we do. You know, iconist.podbean.com. You too can have your voice there for all the masses. And if you do that, you need a graphic artist. And there's only one graphic artist you need to go to who's the one and only J Bird Digital. Mr. Jason Reese. If you mention that you've heard about him on the Iconist podcast, he'll give you a dis 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 discount. If you say it three times, you'll make him laugh. He'll still give you some great work. So give him a shout. On that note, this is the Iconist podcast. And on that, we talk about the guys who are a little bit lesser known, but still have a lot of life in them. And on this episode, we're going to go with the icon is. Torpedo! Now, when we say Torpedo, we're not talking Torpedo from G.I. Joe. No, 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 no. We're not talking Torpedo, who was a hitman in the Daredevil comics. No, 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 no. We are not, you know, we're talking about Torpedo, who did make his first appearance in Daredevil issue 126 in October 1975. I Hopefully, I got the the, the right one there. I know there's more than one Torpedo. That, that, All right, right, that's right, the right one. Yes, right. that's the right one. That's the right one. And now, now the thing is with Torpedo, this character, as I said, he's a legacy character, and this character has been around for since 1975. Really, this Torpedo that we're talking about, blue suit, mm-hmm. got a silver helmet, gets on his arms and around his wrist, wrist and ankles, and he dies. Okay, that, that's it. Torpedo. This is who we, we're talking about. He was created by Marv Wolfman. <laughs> And John Rometta Sr. Hey. 
two powerhouses in the industry of comics. You know, you know. Uh, John Romero Sr. has worked on a lot of stuff. His son's still going, working on a lot of stuff, too. So the John Romero uh, Jr., exactly. And Marv Wolfman, come on. He's all over a lot of stuff with DC but, and Mark Perez and, you know, the, yeah. the new Teen Titans, okay? Starfire, Raven. There we go. That team. All right. Okay. You got to, that, that's, that's a smidgen uh, of that. And if you watched a crossover episode of um, Arrow and Flash, you know, Crisis of Infinite Earths, I think it was that yep. one. Marv Wolfman actually shows up in the episode wearing a, a, a pullover, a zip up hoodie with the Nightwing symbol on it. What? Cameo. And I don't mean the group crash. <laughs> <He's> strange. <laughs> No. Ah, right. So, why was this a character's legacy character? Well, the one that showed up in Daredevil in 1975 in issue 126. That was the first appearance. Now, that torpedo is interesting, but that's not the one I'm going to be focusing on. That torpedo came about, built the suit, realized they were working for a, a company that wanted to use the suit for war. Versus said, nope, I can't let it fall into evil hands. Put on the suit. You know, as Rod would say, Ray, Ray, Ray. There was a quick fight. <laughs> And Daredevil thought he was stealing the suit, realized what was going on, got injured, that guy is dying. And then the one we're talking about who carried on the legacy for a while, turned around, found the suit, said, and, and, and you know, the, the torpedo number one and his dying brother say, I'll let the suit fall into the hands. And the other person said, I'll make sure to carry on the fight for you. And he's like, I made suits for them, but yours is superior. I made theirs with flaws. Uh-huh. And that was that. And, and and then we got the new guy that carried on uh, being the torpedo. Mm-hmm. It, sounds, it sounds cool. That sound effect in my head. I don't care if y'all agree or not. Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to let the little inner kid come out. So yeah. there we go. Right. So now that's where he made his first appearance. But then, of course, the torpedo came back and, and had his official run, I would say. You know, when we got the, the main one in... Right. Marvel premiere, it was number 39 and 40. It was a two-part story arc in December of 1977 and then up to February 1978. So Marvel premiere, we used to give short stories on new properties or existing yeah. characters to give them more insight, more depth. And it was also a proving ground to say, hey, does this character have some chops that can turn around and maybe sell? And they're very excited about putting this character out there. So Together. this is where the whole excuse me, thing came about. And a lot of influence. So this is how we're, this is why we're talking about the torpedo. So what's cool is we talked about Rom the Space Knight. So he started off in Marvel Premiere. You know, he shows up and his story arc almost transitions in Rom and all the way up to the New Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Deep, deep, deep. <laughs> right. So that's what I said. So, you know, the first one I said was a hitman. We're not talking about him. Uh, yeah. So the second the second uh, version of him was Michael. And here we go. I'm going to screw up the name. Stivak? I'm going with Stivak. Stivak. That's good. Right. Yeah, I'm going with Stivak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So Michael Stivak, right? He was a young scientist in the United States. He uh, he was brought over, um, you know, by a U.S. senator, you know, which is uh, his uncle or uh, Eugene Stivak. And he asked him to design a battle suit for national defense. Uh, that's that's the, you know, and of course, evil corporation. That's the one that ends up passing away. But then, you know, the battle suit was uh, the guy who saw him crushed under this part of a wall and rubble and went and saved him and 
the battle suit. His name is Brock Jones. Good all-American name. Yes. I, for half a second, I was like, Eddie Brock? No way, that's the last name. Brock that, that's, yeah. And that's the funny thing. I, like, I thought of it, and I forgot. To, honestly, I did forget to go back and research who came first. But why I'm laughing is because it's Eddie Brock or is it Rick Jones. So it's like, you know, we're doing a combo here. Like, you know what? We need to bring a name together. Bring Eddie's name. Take last name. Rick Jones, take his last name. We'll put it together. Brock Jones. Brock Jones. Has a nice swing for it. Let's go for it. Let's go. Yeah. That's that's the, uh, that's the funny thing. All of that. So... This is it. Brock realizes, you know, sees the, the battle going on. He takes the suit. Daredevil once again thinks he's stealing the suit, and 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 they have, of course, every time. I think there's just too much testosterone in, in the superhero universe because anytime you get two heroes that meet up, the first thing they're gonna do is fight. I don't know why they always have to have a fight when the heroes meet up for the first time. It, 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 it's like it's always a misunderstanding. Hundred percent. Right? You can't meet for coffee or something like that. Just kind of like you know, let's discuss it. Let's have a let's have a brewski. Let's have a coffee. Let's discuss the situation now. Fight. You want shawarma? You want shawarma? Let's go and have shawarma. You want to do shawarma? Yeah. Marvel, if you, let's go and have shawarma. Tony did you that. Want to do coffee. Tony did that. Didn't Tony do that? Tony, Tony said, "I know a great shawarma place around the corner." Could have did that. We could have did that. Look, it's a normal universe. Uh, we could have did that. Anyway, here I'm going to give right now from a great, great mind. Mm. This man's a visionary. This man's insightful. This man turned around and he's got a, a, a new movie on Netflix that I just watched recently. It's called Headliners with Chris Rock and Kevin Hart. And in there, Chris Rock says a line. And the line that Chris Rock says is, before you have any meeting, have something to eat. Because when you don't have something to eat before a meeting, you say dumb stuff. It doesn't matter if it's a, a, a you know a bagel, slice of bread, just oh, just eat something. Just eat something so you don't do dumb stuff. Now this is more of a shout out to him having a, a a moment when he was a little bit hungry one time and he was just if his mouth was full he wouldn't say anything stupid. That's the whole thing. So this is what superheroes should do. But getting down to Brock Jones, Brock bought it, got the costume. He has mm-hmm. nothing about. He, he's not a scientist. He's not. He's not a policeman. He's not anything as a superhero. Brock Jones is a retired football player. Tell you, they're they're digging deep on the Eddie Brock kind of. We need someone bulky. We need someone like that. Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Brock Jones, good American name. He's he's ex football player. Working in insurance, he so his whole story is he quit football. So yeah. He met the he met the woman he loves. Cool. Mm-hmm. She's a model. He he was football. They had money put aside. They fell in love. Want to start a family? Cool. I I get you. I'm with you so far. So he's a family man. And at the time, he's got he's got two kids, and he's working at an insurance company. Like that that there is so like it's cool, but it's almost like tropey generic at the same time, right? Right, ex football, right in the and of course, he doesn't like being in the office because he's a man of action, but he's working insurance. I need something secure for my family. There's nothing more secure than insurance. Everybody needs insurance. Job security, people. I got a job. Got to take care of wife and kids. 
Well, exactly. Uh, I want to be outside again. I want to be outside again. I want to be outside again. He wants to be active. He's he's still in shape. You know, Mm -hmm. not because he quit football and he's got a bum knee. He he didn't quit because of an injury. He quit because he didn't want to be concussed or 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 have injuries. He wanted to have a family. He did his time in, in football. Of course, you always want to be in the game a little bit longer than than you should, probably should at times, and that's anything in dealing with life. But he got his yep. wife, and he goes, "Hey, I got to take care of my wife. I don't want my wife to work." She sacrificed, or she not sacrificed. She gave up a successful modeling career to be with me to raise a family. That's his inner mindset. thoughts. That's his mindset. That's his inner thoughts. If you when you read Marvel Premiere issue number thirty nine, he does go through and have this whole thing there. But at the same time, he's got that call to action. So secretly what he does is like he sits there in the meeting and it's like, uh, you know, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. And he's just kind of dozing, you know, he's zoning out. The, his coworkers are talking to him about all this stuff that for them is exciting. But for him, he's bored. He's just doing it. His He, he had a career. Yeah. And now he has a job. And once again, in a great, you know, that great, great man, Chris Rock, he says in one of his specials, I think it was Bigger and Blacker, about a job and a career. He goes, people that have a job, they go to work every day to get up. And they're like, oh, man, I can't stand this. Oh. Right. But he goes, when you have a career, be, be it whatever you study it in, you know, so doctors have a career. Accountants have a career. I'm not saying that those jobs are automatically a career. I'm just saying, even if you are just want to pass a mop in a hallway and you're happy yeah. about that, that's your that's career. Because when you when you have a career, you'll feel like you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. because that's something you want to do it brings you joy 100%. doesn't matter what it is you don't have to be a rocket scientist to have a career and, and i said you could be just a janitor passing a mop and you know what no stress i'm a, that, uh, i like things clean and i see the results of my work right away no stress and i go home and i do my thing so there you go when when you feel that it's a job and you're like i want out of here okay so keep in mind his mindset brock jones had a career Mm-hmm. Left it to get a job that was yep. more secure for the family. Doesn't have to worry about injuries because if a football player gets hurt, he's out. She gave up her modeling career, so that means traveling all over the world, and you know, and that's fine. And she has no regrets. Let me get this really straight: his wife does not impose anything on him. She's happy. She's happy. He's the one that's unhappy. So as I said, going back during the meetings, he'll zone out. And then it's like, then you picture like Fred Flintstone just running out the front door when it's like, you know, the work is done or lunchtime. And yep. he wears it that costume underneath his clothes. And he'll go for a fly around New York City. I think he's in New York City. Yeah, he goes, for a, he goes flying around yeah. New York City because everyone's in New York City. And, and that's how he clears his head. And that's what he does. He gets home after a bad day of work. His wife's like, hey, everything good? Yeah, we have dinner. Okay, yeah, yeah. And she's talking about work. How's your day? How'd everything go? And she really wants to be there. And he's like almost disassociated with it. And he and then he starts thinking to himself that he hates his job, which brings him down. He goes, oh, I'm just going to go in the den for a while and I'll be out. And he, come, he goes in the den and he starts to brood. But then, you know, he's looking at the costume. He's looking at the helmet because he wears a costume underneath. It's a skin-tight yep. costume. It's all blue, silver gloves, silver little booties, you know, ankle high, and a silver helmet with, you know, rose-colored glasses, like literally goggles. Right. And he sits there brooding, and he goes in his thoughts. And then he thinks about, oh, well, I went flying today, and I did this, and I went flying here, and I did that. 
you know, and that's literally it. He's still trying to get used to the suit. So the suit, even though it just looks like it's a thin piece of clothing, is bulletproof resistant, temperature and cold uh-huh. resistant, so like the heat and cold. And when it has like little micro servers in it, so it augments his strength, right? Just the suit alone. You're, and, you know, if he uses the little fans that are on his wrist when he's flying, he puts it in reverse, he can do like a like a rocket punch kind of thing. So interesting. It's like, it reminds me a lot of the Rocketeer. There's aspects mm. and feels of that. For yeah. Me. Yeah. What what do you think about it, Rod? Um, so the character, I mean, Torpedo himself is a, a unique one. If you we are talking about the 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 third one in, in that sense, Rock, but the transition yes. when you understand of what he was before he was a criminal. The original one, well, not the original one, again was a hitman, but the second one, uh Michael was uh was it Michael? I mean, I'm yeah. sure I'd say right, Michael. So Michael was the was the criminal, young scientist and, and yeah, a well, he got duped. So he wasn't he wasn't so much a criminal. He no, got he wasn't, no, no, I just re- I just realized I made yeah. a mistake. Yeah. He's not he's not a criminal because he he bailed the suit because of criminal activity. He wanted to do yes. better for them. I kind of said but he was labeled as a criminal. Uh, you know, being hunted, you know, hunted down by Daredevil. And then when Brock took it over, Brock now was now being labeled because they were hunting it down, thinking that it was Michael. So seeing right. the dynamic of of, of mis miscommunication, misrepresentation, you not in the right place, but you were in the same spandex with the other guy. That's on you, son. That's on you. That's you shouldn't on have worn you. the same spandex. You shouldn't have worn the same spandex. But having that individual, I mean, it's a nice, interesting character. Again, when someone has the creativity of we're going to create a character an IP and let them be able to projectile themselves in a in a moving fashion like a bullet. Okay, we can't call him Bullet Man. You know, he's too tall for too big for a bullet. Torpedo. And when you see how he flies around, again, Barry mentioned that, you know, he's got his silver helmet and everything like that. You know, wind resistance, you know, to reflect, you know, you know, shots and stuff like that. But his arms, again, around his arms are like just that, imagine two very large uh, cylinder type of donuts, let's call it. But when yes, he puts yes. his hands together, with our powers combined, transform into torpedo. And he just basically is like, jumps forward, and in a very straight position, he's just flying. Mm-hmm. And it's cute. It's nice. It's interesting. Yes, I said the word cute because you know, man, levitating off the off the ground, you know, about four feet off the ground, go fly up, come back down, you know, like an early rendition of a of a drone, basically type of scenario. No, no, exactly. Drone is able to stand still. He has to go forward. All right, so just early, you know, was coming off the top of my head, but I like, I like, I I like the character, and it says that it's interesting. That um, you see the complexity of who he is. Again, you know, Marvel likes to make characters who are very could be everyday, everyday man. And the nice thing, the, the interesting about it is that he was someone who is familiar, who likes not the attention. But likes no. being very active and very, you know, whatever the case to be, being the football star, football player, being, you know, physically fit and all that kind of stuff, you know, in, you know, met up, engaged, married, 
a supermodel. So he likes that high type of profile life, but realizing he wants to do good from his family, uh, being a football player, again, could get injured or anything along that line, chose to change his whole career path, became insurance, insurance, uh, working insurance. That's very regressive. Mm-hmm. And in his eyesight, and you can see later now, he's now having some, he's just feeling uncomfortable. He doesn't, doesn't feel like himself. So Marvel creating an IP in that regard that makes makes someone you know we're seeing through the point of uh, point of view of someone who's realizing like I want that hunger I want that the excitement the rush of what I yes. had before yeah on this suit don this you know don this piece of equipment and emulates create himself into torpedo so yeah. Um, it's, a nice, it's a nice way of having, you know, you're seeing a, a different alias, a different type of mindset. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's very nice. Why not? Why not? Because a lot of times we see your superheroes and our superheroes are usually uh, damaged in a way, right? You know, like Punisher, all right? He, he was, let's say, born of fire. Uh, Spider-Man, right? Great loss right there, all right? Uh, Tony Stark um, had heart injuries and then had to deal with alcoholism. Okay, so I like that they always ground it. Marvel always ground these characters with something that mm-hmm. is tangible. So this one, there was no, you know, he didn't have anyone in his life that he lost that was traumatic, right? Right. Uh, Rock Jones, I'm talking. So he didn't lose anyone that was traumatic in his life. He's he's, he's dealing with losing a career. That his his loss was the loss. Well, not even I can't even say the loss. He oh, logically, logically, he made the right choice, and he knows that. Right. But emotionally, right. he's still dealing with that, and it's not. And it's not so much like, oh man, I, I want people cheering my name, and he he'd be happy playing Sunday football, you know, touch football on a Sunday, right? Like that's that's the kind of person I'm, he strikes me as. So it's not so much mm-hmm. that he's missing the chanting of the name and all that. He just misses playing. He he, you know, you took someone who's trains their body all the time right. to be that's peak it. athlete, and then you put him behind a desk. It's this the he rush doesn't, of he doesn't want rush. to get job. He doesn't want to do that. Like he, like the rush of it is what he's missing. He's missing the excitement, the thrill of it. And now he yeah. the scenario is to me, because he made that decision to not be like that anymore, is like resentment to himself. Like he's thinking, like, I made did I make a bad choice? And he knows he didn't make a bad choice because he made the choice for his family. Yes. And he's looking out for the well being. But he's like I just wanted I, I just need some type of excitement because I believe I'll say in this way, mm-hmm. he believes, or you can think that he believes, because he made this choice, he's now boxing himself into this particular mindset of thinking right. that he can't do anything exciting. He can't do anything worthwhile. So I've now been, you know, working in in the in the world of insurance, you know, industry, and I'm like mm, I guess there's nothing else to do. No, there's a whole bunch of stuff to do. But in the days, they made it seem they they wrote him to think that he couldn't think outside of that box. Think that's all his life now is at that level. So getting an opportunity to put a little fire underneath him, like oh, oh, what? Oh, there's a lot of rush. Oh, flying around. Ooh. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Supposedly. So you're right. Uh, and just like any football player, generally speaking, they go through like, you know, college university to get picked up. So uh, they don't get really much into his backstory on his college yeah. and school oh, years. Oh, so I'm assuming that while well, he was in, and I, this is a totally assumption when he was in school that he probably did study maybe to, you know, insurance and all that to have like something to fall back on in the future. Right. Right. He just didn't realize his future would have come that quick. And he made the decision to go ahead and do that. Loves his wife. Loves his two kids. He's got a boy and he's got a girl. In the that two issue story arc, there a Marvel premiere where you see him. In there, you find out okay, he's got his two kids. Loves his kids. Loves his wife. Happy with his, his family life, as you put it. He's just missing the rush of being. He's he's not. As I said, some people don't want to be behind a desk, and some people want to be behind a desk. And it's nothing wrong either side of it. It's just how people are built. He's not. Even though he studied a desk job for his future, a desk thing, a desk job was not in his mind. In that two-story arc, you find out that oh, he, his wife is now pregnant with a third child. Uh-huh. And he gets the suit. And his whole thing of getting the suit was he didn't want to be a hero. He, he just got the suit. And it makes you fly. That was it. He just liked flying. I'm not going to lie. You heard this on this podcast now. We're in a third year. So for two years, we've been hearing our voices. And, uh-huh. and we all can tell. If I walk down the street, when some guy says, keep this suit safe, it makes you fly and gives you super strength. Especially with the price of gas right now, let me tell you, wicked man, I'd be playing Elton God. John. I'd be making, I'd be flying all over the place. I would leave Toronto, fly to Montreal, get myself a poutine from Belle Province, take off from there. You know, I'm going to go to Quebec City, hit Shea Ashton. It would be a whole flying poutine run. If I'm passing air, in the air, no one's around me. I ain't got to get no passport. I'm going to be down in Miami, all right? I was going to be me trying to reunite the group LMFAO. And it's like, back in Miami, trick. And then you see me in the video in that torpedo suit. Like, that would be me, okay? I'm not I'm not going to lie, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm oh. flying all over I can. It, I ain't trying to stop crime. I'm just having a good time. There you go. And gas there is expensive. So... Right. Hey, and if anyone wants to sponsor the show, let us know. All right. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, So I get it. So he's not trying to be a hero, but at the same time, how do you tell your wife? It's like, hey, I found this costume that's going to make me fly. You know, by rights, he knows in his mind he can't tell his wife that. And why is he not telling his wife? It's not about keeping secrets. He's just not telling his wife because he doesn't want to take the chance that he might fuck him out of it. And this is yeah. his outlet. Not so much being a hero. He's not on patrol. He's just flying. It clears the air. It's like a Sunday drive. It, it's something that is athletic. This is where it is. I would say he's a athletic junkie. Like he mm-hmm. has to he, 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 you know, if it's working out, if it's simply walking, it's playing, it's that's where he gets his rush from. So when I read this now, when I first read it years ago when this thing came out, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And it's still cool now, but my insight, my perspective has uh, changed on that. And the change is this guy is addicted to move to to physical activity. That's that's his rush. Mm -hmm. Where some people turn around and play games hours on end and that's their rush um at the same time you put me on a dance floor I'm the first one in the club and i'm the one shutting it down still this guy here so i know in my personality where things will click in for me 
And I feel that's more of what they were trying to convey. So it's not the, oh man, people are chanting my name and all these girls are looking at me. No, he doesn't care about any other woman. He married a supermodel. Mm-hmm. And he's very proud about that. And and it's not he pushes her on her that, oh yeah. He, 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 you can tell when you read this that he loves her no matter what. So he knows she's a model, successful, stopped her. They both made a thing to say, hey, we're stopping our careers. We want a family together. I want a family with you. I want a family with you. He's like, you take care of the house. I'll make sure everything's taken care of. So this right. is what he's doing. I know I said this earlier, but he's missing that action. That's the action he's right. missing. Not about trying to have his name out there. Not about trying to stop criminals. Not about having his name in the lights. It's really, you know, I ran five miles today in under X amount of time. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to do it by in two weeks and see if it can take like 10 seconds off my personal best. That's that's where it comes in for him. So you, because like you said, if he was missing all that lifestyle, right. I feel that the character would have been written a bit differently. But it's more of, oh, behind a desk again. Oh, I'm not understanding what they're saying. Uh, but then again, he turns off. He, he's not even listening to what they're saying. So it's, at one right. point, he knows it, but he stopped because he's bored. It doesn't hold his attention. Mm-hmm. He, he want, all he does is look out the window and he wants to fly. And I think that there has happened to maybe everybody at one point in your life. You sitting down, being in an office, a classroom, a bus ride, a car ride, wherever, and you look out the window and then you start daydreaming because wherever you might have to do at that moment, you're like, oh, I don't feel like doing this or going here or coming. Oh, no. this day was... And then you look out the window and it's like, and then the sun is out there. The skies are blue. Birds right. are flying. And they look so free in that moment that you wish, and you always hear the thing, I wonder if a man can fly. If I could fly anywhere, and not a lot of people say that phrase, if I could fly somewhere, if I had wings, where would yeah. I go? I would just, I the birds look so carefree flying in there, away from gravity, and people, and that's a true statement right there. So this is why this hit me even harder. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. once again, yep. Marvel hit me in the deep. <laughs> wow <laughs> if you think about it I mean I'm sure you're like, at one point you sat there one time maybe looking out there and you're like huh and you see a bird flying by and you're like eh, who second thought huh hmm. and that's all it is and yeah. that's what this whole Plain world it. is about right so that, that's that's why I found interesting now you know of course he's, he's, he's flying but then of course now it's a Marvel comic trouble arises so when he's flying around and doing all this stuff the the, you know there's a group of guys looking to get that particular suit they have their own suits which is i think they're a division of hydra and you know they're all in green who is trying to get it back these rocketeer guys and i think they're a division of hydra and they're trying to get back the suit from him so now they see him going by and they're like well there it is and it's this other you know uh, senator that was working too secretly part of this secret empire kind of thing and they want to get the suit because if they can get the suit the whole thing is you get the suit that is made without flaws to mass produce it to give it to the troops right A government you know uh, military contract is a lot of money let the suit you know reverse engineer it yeah make it sell it and you picture if you know a bunch of guys show up on a battlefield and then you see you know 300 guys in these torpedo suits coming towards them 
for military purposes. And of course, they're going to add more stuff on I'm there. Out. I'm out. Right. right. I'm out. I'm okay. going AWOL right now. Going AWOL right now. I'm out. No joke. Yeah. We're trying to make rock. Well, back in the 70s, 80s, we're making jetpacks. To just recently now, the jetpack has evolved where it gives you like, what, maybe 10 minutes of flight. And you got like the jets on your arms, a jetpack on your back, on your feet. And you see them kind of going around there. We've seen the videos. Okay. Yeah. So if you can make that, that gives you extended flight, increased strength mm-hmm. for X amount of time, bulletproof, and you put that on 300 guys and you say, hey, guys, go into the field. And, of course, the suit has its own powers where it can just kind of reverse the jets and throw these, like, torpedo punches or air punches and, and right. knock through bricks and stuff like that. Okay, and you send them out in the field to deal with and, – and keep in mind, let's look at it. You deal with, like, terrorism. You deal with invasion, uh, surveillance, you know – scouting infantry and you that changes the whole thing so i know yes we're in the real world barry haha got it but this is why these guys in the story are motivated to get the suit from him and of course he's made a promise and at the same time he doesn't want to die right they're not just trying to knock him over the head and strip the suit off to strip the suit off and leave him in his underwear to go home no they 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 figure he stole the original creator which is michael they think right. it's him, so they want they get revenge, shaking fist of anger, get the suit, bring it back to their boss, get the contract, mass produce it. Yep. Bob's your uncle, right? No, that today, that today, because the person that who is chasing and now the main boss is actually Michael's father. That's the center, well, his uncle to be exact. Yes, his uncle. That's so, right. That's right. So his uncle. So that that's that's why it's hilarious that you're like saying. You're trying to just beat him out of it. I'm like, but but it's Michael's. Why why are you fighting? I'm not Michael. <sighs> I don't know. Hilarious. Huh? Well, and, and that's what it comes down to. And then that's and that's the connection. So, you know, he goes through a brief um you know stint as a hero. That's what mm-hmm. they're trying. And uh, yes, that's right, because his uncle Eugene thinks it's him and then wants to get the suit back. So that's a whole Set up. So you got your villain set up. You got the, you know, right now we've got a football player, a model, family man, wife, happy marriage. He's going mm-hmm. through his adjustment period of working in the office. And on top of it, he's fighting the original guys or the second torpedoes, uh, uncle who works for the government and has his hands in a secret empire or group that are trying to bring it back to right. make money. Right. There's a lot of pieces in there that work. And then when you take it a little bit further, so you know, uh, Brock has a couple of adventures with as a torpedo. He survives mm-hmm. them. He promises his family that it, I'm done, no more superheroing. He moves his family out to a suburb in Carlton, I think it mm-hmm. is. And when they're living there, everyone's good. And in this little town of Carlton, guess what happens? It came from outer space. Rom. Rom crash lands in that little suburban town. Fight the Dyrafts. Right? Which are shape-changing aliens. Again, besides the scrolls. And Rom the Space Knight. Now, for all of you who are listening and have heard us every episode, great. If you missed the episode of Rom the Space Knight, link is down below. Because we've covered Rom the Space Knight. And this is where it, it gets a little bit sad. So uh, Brock turns around, sees Rom, and decides to help Rom fight off the Dyrafs. The Dyrafs mm-hmm. are on Earth, and then you find out even more that it was because of them 
they helped because they got to Earth before Rom through shapeshifters. They went in and helped design this suit. So the suit was really made or inspired by alien technology. This is why it looks like a shirt and a pair of tights on your one-piece blue tight, yet it can resist bullets, temperature, right. high altitudes, and gives you augmented strength. You don't see no mortars and all that because they're using their technology. So right. Michael was working with a team of diraffs di that he didn't even realize, or diraffs, he didn't even realize yeah. they were there. Helped to make the suit. It's a breakthrough for men. Right, because you don't see the circuitry; it comes off like a normal shirt. Mm-hmm. That's how advanced it was, and they were using Earth resources to help build this, so they mass produce it and fight the space knights. So the diraphs are shapeshifters, as I said, deal with science and magic, and they were doing this as a preemptive strike. So they knew that Rom would chase them to Earth. They wanted to have these battle suits ready. You have them outnumbered and really take him down. Of course, right. it was the torpedo. So the torpedo teams up with Rom, with Space Knight, during these adventures. And it's in one of these adventures that Brock ends up losing his life during the Rom series. That's where his story arc ends for Rom. That was awful. Got it. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But, you know, in Marvel, down but never out. So even during this, the senator who was trying to get back that suit, he ends up getting so irate and so much stress, he has a heart attack. So this is like, he has a heart attack, Brock goes into retirement, Rom comes to Earth, Brock comes out of retirement, helps Brock a couple of times because he's, uh, Brock helps Rom a couple of times because he's in his town, you know, Mm -hmm. boom, 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 here we go. And then, you know, he ends up dying during one of the adventures, he gets killed by the Dyrafts. And while they're cleaning out his effects and the family moved on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what's happened to the kids at this point, but his wife and them, they're out there. They're getting rid of the house. Um, his, his nephew is there helping pack stuff up in the house and he's in the attic with one of his friends and they find a box has the torpedo suit in it. Wow. Yeah, man, it don't stop. It stop. doesn't Can't stop. stop. Nope, can't stop. Don't stop. Yeah, so there we go. Michael was murdered by the Direwith Queen, Alex, uh, who was posing as Brock Jones' son, Danny, Michael's second cousin. So Danny, the real Danny, not the Direwith Danny. So Danny, uh, along with his friend, one of his friends, they find the suit. So they say, hey, this this, this is the torpedo. We heard about the torpedo. That was my uncle? So he puts on the suit, and he starts uh-huh. learning to use it. And then uh, his friend, so they would share the suit. So Danny was okay in the suit, right? I'm talking the nephew. Right. But it was really the his friend who was actually better in the suit. And I'm looking up her name right now. Um, you know, but she was better in the suit. So the two of them turn around and join the new warriors. So that's Night Thrasher, Nemota, um, Nova or Kid Nova, as they're calling him at one point, you know, Astro Boy, Firestar. That was the core team there, along with Speedball. My apologies, along with Speedball. Mm-hmm. And then he, they come in later on when the team went through other, you know, I use the word team with them more. They were more like a family kind of hanging out but fighting crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he, they, they joined as Torpedo. So he was good with the weapon, the, the kind of the tech part of it. 
his friend, she became the new torpedo. Uh, torpedo her, yeah. That's her name. Mickey. Her name was Mickey. That's it. So her name yeah. was, uh, yes. So her name is, uh, Mashiko, uh, Mashiko, Mickey, Mashua, Mashusa. Mashusi, thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So, so they called her Mickey for short. That was her mm-hmm. nickname. So he's got, you know, Asian roots, obviously. And she becomes, so they were sharing the suit at one point, but in even uh, he realized, like, hey, you know what? Mickey's better in the suit than I am. And gives it to her to be a full-fledged member of the New Warriors. So they almost came in like a Wendy Marvin kind of thing with super friends. And one of them had a suit and they had to share it back and forth. There is. That is funny. <laughs> so what do you think about the torpedo, Rod? Uh, you know what? Listen, in, in all in all, the torpedo is a very uh, interesting character. I always say stuff along that line because it's unique that you, you create an IP and for the function of being a projectile type unit, he just goes, you know, he flies around and, and he flies around, but realizing that the character was made for the do good, thought evil, do good. We've now just dissected that Brock's mindset was really more just using the suit as being just as a getaway, just to enjoy, you know, some type of freedom and liberties in his life, just to create some something. That that was his of it, and. Again, you don't see characters made out like that. How far can it get into, you know, if you're going to pull it into a real world? You know, the script might have to be changed up a little bit. The backstory, maybe you have to change a little bit. But the initial aspect of having someone called a torpedo, that's different. You know, using his whole body, it's like... The torpedo is in the similar type of concept like Cannonball. Minus Cannonball had the ability that whenever he was projecting himself he had his own little force field so it wasn't relying on the suit which mm-hmm. means it could be used more creative ideas could be used along along that line so torpedo would be to me maybe a nice entry level cannonball and they right. may use the cannonball may use the cannonball so if you can oh, make absolutely. use of cannonball, you can absolutely. make use of torpedo you can make use of torpedo absolutely. that's how I look at it okay so let's get down to the brass tacks of it so if you had to let's go let's get right to our fan casting at this point Okay. If you had to fan cast this and, and adapt it, one, how would you want to adapt it? And who would be your Brock Jones? Who, who would be your torpedo? So I would I would create this to be um an animated um animated show. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason why. As I just said, comparing to comparing comparing to like say Cannonball, and I'm just saying Cannonball for the, the the realism of what the person can do. We can see that he has the ability to kind of reverse jetpack you with, you know, air blasts and stuff like that. But I think if it was animated, you have the the more freedom to create some better, some more better effects, some more, mm-hmm. you know, ways of just introducing the character and giving him something a little, maybe a little extra flair, where if it was just a live adaptation, you may not get that full feel if that was primary first and then you did animation. But if you did animation and then we came to, like, say, you know, you see him a guest spot or, you know, presented in a MC, in the MCU, you're like, yo, I know I've seen it in the cartoon. Maybe you won't be able to do the 
what he could do in a cartoon in real life because you know budget cuts or whatever the case would be but i think he i would like it to be an animated and with that i wanted to find someone that was um when you look at the character he again he is built he is you know he's he has that athletic type of look you know he's but he also can look like someone who's very um I say humble, but he's someone who could just be. You can like, you can see him like saying, you know what? I could see him again. He's going to be an insurance uh, a broker. He could be working in his, in this industry, so he could look good in a suit. But he looks just like the average man who can just like get lost in the crowd. I wanted to have someone who is just going to have that, but you can look at him and think there's something about you. Freddie Sto- Stoma is who I would pick. Freddie Stoma, you say? Who's that? Uh, the most recent adaptation we've seen of him um we've mentioned about the character that he played in peacemaker he was playing uh adrian chase aka vigilante now you may like okay cool but i'll go back to where you normally know him from i will Mm -hmm. just say if you are uh, accustomed to watching harold potter and any of the Harold Potter movies. Uh, there is a gentleman by the name of Cormac McLegan. So he right. is one of the protagonists in the movie, I mean, and all the, in the series. He was the one at the very end of Death Hollow, the one that was basically fighting with Harold, Harry Potter. Harold, you know, I was about to say Harold. Harry Potter, <laughs> the, the cup. And he's the one right. who died at the end. Oh. And then Harry brought him back. That guy. So when you look at wow. him, when you when you look at Freddy, you can see he has that nice build. He he has a nice jawline that you when you see the character in the comic books, you know he has a he's more bigger, like like a football player type of scenario when he's in civilian clothes. But when he's in his uniform, he's a very slender, you know, fit individual. Freddy can fit that that pose as well. I wanted to get, have someone who wasn't like top top known, but when you look at him like. I've seen you somewhere. I've seen you somewhere. So I want to give Freddie an opportunity to to do that. Now, because he was in, uh, I'm just going to, and I'm not babbling on, but because he was in uh, Vigilante in Peacemaker, that's on the DC side. So I'm giving Freddie the opportunity to be, you know, to introduce himself into the MC, the Marvel Universe, and I said MCU, but the Marvel Universe of animation. So at least he can come in through that way. I'd like to see him voice it, and then if you voice it, and you're given a similarity, you're drawn to be like that. So if they ever do decide to go to real life, Freddie can still gotcha. stand okay. in. Okay. So that's right. the reason okay. why I want. I like how you think. I, I like how you think. Down with you. I'm down with you. But I'm, I'm going the opposite on this one, though. I'm going. So you're going animated. I'm going live action. Okay. Going straight out live action. So here's why I'm going to go live action. A lot of times, I think. Um, you know, I say movie limited series. No, this, this one, give, give me a full out series. Give me a full out series just because they've made the character so layered already. I know we're looking at football insurance and then, you know, beginning of the episode, we're like, ah, but when you get into his mindset, that's where the beauty of the episodes can really stray. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're a superhero with a wife, three kids. You've got some senators out to get you. You just want to break from your day job and you kind of fall into being a hero. And then on top of it, 
your story arc ends off when Rom shows up. So here's right. here's my whole thing, right? Here's here's the beauty of this. We talked about Rom before, and I'm gonna kind of mm-hmm. briefly go with here again. So one, I want it live action. Um, of course, it's because it's a Marvel property, it's gonna be under Disney. I think it can be there, like you know, just a shield. Agents Shield had its own going, ongoing series. I think huh? it have its own series. And people are gonna say, why? Well, okay, if you gotta get into the dynamics of you know, Brock at work, Brock with his wife, Brock raising his three kids, Brock moving from the big city to a smaller city. And so just those dynamics alone say a lot. You could introduce Brock's nephew, right? You you put him younger. That's his nephew. And let him into so I like the, the fact that it's really showing him as a family man without the stress, the, the extreme tragedy that a lot of heroes are born out of. Most of the time, I think that's a refreshing change, in my opinion. Not everyone has okay. to die for you to have an origin story. Uh, sorry, not everyone has to die close to you to have right. an origin story. Before, right? yeah. yeah, because in the beginning of it, of course, because Michael did die, but it wasn't, Rock was just there. He has no right. idea who Michael is. He just heard right. this guy say this thing, took the suit, and ran. Mm-hmm. Gone. So I want it live action. It could be a series. I think it could run for a couple of seasons. And then you okay. can drop some. And once again, you can drop in a lot of Easter eggs through this, right? So because he's new as a hero, he gets in the fights. You can bring in a version of damage control that we haven't seen that has to pick up the pieces. That's an Easter egg right there. You can deal with um, relationships with properly within the MCU without it being someone has to die, you know, for me to take up the mantle. A close family member, as I was saying. So we bring in damage control. You can have other Easter eggs of maybe locations within the Marvel universe that we would never see. Usually when we watch these movies, we always look for the actor and not the location. And sometimes the location is just as important. Avengers Compound, the Baxter Building, the Hellfire Club, right? Uh, You know, Tyler Foundation Tower, where the new Mm -hmm. warriors operate out of. Hell's Kitchen, that those are important sites within yeah. the Marvel universe, yes. right? The X Mansion. You, you don't show the X Men without showing the X Mansion. You don't show Batman without a Batmobile or a Batcave. Because if you Fantastic do that, you fail the Fantastic Four without the Baxter Building, I believe. Exactly. Fantastic so Four without now, the Baxter Building, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So now with the torpedo in the city, he can walk around and walk by these locations. There's Avengers Tower. Oh, that's the building's two blocks away from here. Now, for fans, that's going to speak a lot. That's going to speak yeah. a lot. Like, oh, wow, we're seeing it. You know, have not walk by the offices of where Marvel Comics used to be in front of that, like down the street. Like, walk right in front of it. And it's like, oh, yeah, Marvel Comics. So, you, so there's where I'm seeing a lot of okay. interesting writing come across. Because I said, okay. his focus is being a family man trying to find peace with himself mm-hmm. on being the good provider. That's, that's, that's the basis of it. That's beautiful right there. So okay. I want a series, especially now that we've always, like I said before in other episodes, we're dealing more with mental health um, and, and the dynamics of a relationship. Okay, and now we sprinkle the superhero stuff on top of it. You know, it, that's where we're going to get into. And we get into, you know, the villains and uh, that senator that's trying to get the suit and the, the, the uh, secret empire or whatever. And that's, you know, to me, is a part of um, Hydra. Okay. okay, that's great. You can focus more on world building without having to be a big-name hero, but the person can still portray. So this is where I'm going with live action. They're going to do a cartoon, do a cartoon, but do that live action, and then go back and insert him into Rome, 
So, and here's the big Easter egg, is if you know you're going to do a ROM property, be it if it's live or not, you get to the end of his series. All right. you need to do is have that fiery meteor come to town, crash land, and you see a figure come out. Depending on what your budget is, you don't even have to show <laughs> the full ROM costume. All you need to show, show is a camera angle and a leg. All show in foot. silver. I'm about to say, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, show a foot. Show a foot. Show, show a foot. foot. Give me, give me. Show a silver foot. The, yeah, show me from the thigh down on that look, uh, you know, yeah. the foot. And everyone will recognize, oh my gosh, it's panning up. It's store. It's uh, ROM. And you know, as a fan, okay, then you can still do the ROM movie or series, how we talked about it, and, and do it that way. And mm-hmm. And we know that his character, that's near the end of his run because of what's going to happen. That's to be the transition where, um, you know, Brock's story is going to end. And then the, 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 you know, his nephew finds the suit and takes over. You can even right. do a, a whole thing of, hmm. all right, you do with the main person. They, you, you come, you know, the, the meteor hits the city. Rom comes out. You see the leg. Oh my gosh. And then you can go a few years later. And then you see, and do a flashback of hey a battle happened you can show where he was killed off by a doppelganger of michael his nephew right because it was volex the the, the diraf that you know state shift into him and and mm-hmm. you can just mention rom without showing rom or right? especially right. you could put rom at a distance and it still carries on the narrative of that story without losing the history all that being said my hmm. person will play him is live action i think is dead on for me he's got the size he's got the jaw he's already an active person in real life in the arena of combat that i like to watch okay i'm going with the wrestler known as Dolph ziggler from the wwe his real name is nicholas theodore nemeth now, if you look up Dolph Ziggler, he's done some acting. He's done stand-up comedy. But you look at him, that's it. That's Brock. He's the jaw, the shoulders, the height. And because this is what the guy does for how many years in wrestling, in and out the ring, he's underrated, in my opinion, and phenomenal talent. He knows how to control a mic. He's got that quality. So let's now t- take a big-name person. Let's give it to Dolph Ziggler. Sorry, Nicholas Theodore Namath. Give it to Nicholas, right? We'll call him Nick. Give it to Nick. You put Nick in that suit, he's going to look money. He's got humor. He can sell emotion because if you saw his matches when he does his promos, there's times he gets really raw. He's got that emotion in there. He's got that talent. Give it to him and see what happens. I I think this is, you know, this is the person for me. This is absolutely the person for me. I can see him being the family man and having the struggles and so forth and, and portraying that. And you take some of the stuff he's done in his little video vignettes in, in his wrestling and the career over the years he's done it mm-hmm. with the WWE. A little bit of his humor because he's going to have kids, so he's not going to be brooding around his kids. He's always nice. He brings his kids home gifts every day. They even say it's on the comic book. Like every day he comes home from work, he brings a little something for his kids, no matter if it's a stupid gift yeah. or not. They look forward to that. He has that connection. Okay. You know, Nicholas, 100%, that's who I'm going with. That's that's my fan cast right there. Nemeth. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I just, I see what you're saying. I see I see I see what you're saying in regard of 
you know, having that char charismatic type of presentation and stuff. Like, yeah, I do. I know of, of, of him. So yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't go, I didn't go down the wrestler lane. That's interesting. Okay. And this is like, no, but I don't. Right. He's one hundred percent. Hundred percent, and and I say a series is not even like a cameo. Give me a series. Give me three seasons with him, with that story arc where you know we know the last episode is when Rom shows up. Oh man, as a fan, chills. Okay, I lose, I lose it. Chills, done. Okay, ah, uh, got uh, it. Okay, cool. Interesting. Okay, cool. I know it's, it's different, but when you think about it, you're like, and you if you look it up, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got you. you. Okay. So, uh, once again, uh, Nicholas, Nick, Dolph, All right. wherever you're going by these days, man. Uh, you're welcome. Call your agent. <laughs> Call your agent. Reach out. Reach out. There you go. All we want to nice. do is have some merch, uh, a little bit of percentage for the finding fee, and, and have us on set to do uh, exclusive interviews. That's all we want to start That's with. More. All right, cool. Rod, any last words, man? Uh, you know what? No, no. I mean, torpedo is is a is again is a very complex. I'm listening to it and I'm thinking he's a complex individual. We're not really saying it. We're saying without saying that he's complex, but he's complex. There's a lot of layers to him. Than you think? And yeah, that's again the good thing about Marvel is that they like to give you. That human touch. They like to bring in characters that you can basically relate to. So mm -hmm. scenarios and situations that happen, it's written in there, and you can, if you're, if you can connect with it, you'll see the dynamic. Like that could have been me. I just had to come across a suit. Now everybody be looking down the alleyways looking for someone just dying and taking a suit from them. You know, make sure it's the right suit, the right size. That's all we're saying. But don't hurt them unless they're, they're on their own. Just, just. So keep on walking. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> right on. Exactly. My boy, as I said, he doesn't have to be a high fighter. He, he's a football player. So he's physical, mm -hmm. but he's not a, you know, I, I think my, my guy can do it. So on that note, everybody, hey. once again, thank you for tuning into the Iconis podcast in the new year. We've been having a good time. Uh, glad you're still here rocking with us. And please, you know, like, subscribe, share. Don't let the show be a secret. And on so that note, this whole world was started by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imag imagination. Keep on dreaming. Route. Break it down. <laughs> <laughs>